This week, Comics in Motion has an excellent offer exclusively for our listeners. TKO Comics is revolutionizing the comic industry. They have creator-owned series from heavy hitters like Garth Ennis, Jeff Lemire, Joshua Desart, Roxanne Gay, and many more. If you go to tkopresents.com slash discount slash motion20 and use the code motion20 at checkout, you'll receive a 20% discount exclusively for Comics in Motion listeners. That's tkopresent.com slash discount slash motion20 and use the promo code motion20. Happy reading. Yeah, but we can't start without some theme music. Entirely from old trumpets. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode eight of Superheroes for Dummies, the show that tries to bring everyone up to speed on the comic book world. As always, I am your super dummy, Paul, and I am joined by Mr. Dan. How are you today? I am good. Greetings, fellow podcast listeners, fellow humans in the world. And Mr. Yourself. <laughs> Mr. Steve, the non-human, how are you? Booyah! <laughs> and there is today's clue for today's subject. Mm. As Indeed. ever, it was picked by you, the listening public, and this week you have chosen Cyborg. Now, Ooh, I, have yeah. to say, I don't know much about Cyborg. I basically know what was in the film. Hashtag Snyder Cut. Um, so I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I know. But four hours. Mm. That is so long. Well, it's right, going to be four episodes, though, isn't it? It's going to be like a four one-hour TV episode. So that's going to be very, very, very watchable <laughs> indeed. Mm. I want it now. I want it yesterday. I complain about you? it being four hours long, but then they're going to release it as four episodes, and I'll probably sit and watch all four in one go. And then for some reason, that'll be fine for me. Oh, yeah. Binge TV. We yeah. love it. Basically. I'm going to have a Red Bull on an IV drip. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. I, 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 but I'm sensing a uh, Superheroes for Dummies cinema night. Yes. When that comes uh, around. Sign me up. I'm yeah. there. Invested. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I wondered, Dan, if you wanted to start us off this week, maybe. What is your knowledge of Cyborg? How did you come across him? What? Uh, so, I know very little. I mean, the, I came across him in an episode of Smallville. Yeah, uh, that was a good version. I came across him in the Injustice video games. Oh, yes. Um, and I think... I'm trying to think now. I think he was briefly... If I remember right, because it was quite a while since I watched it, he was in an episode of the Titans TV series, was he? I think, or I've just seen him. Like I've just seen like um, like images of him in the the Doom Patrol, um, the, the Doom Patrol uh, series. But other than that, man, um, I mean, I know. See, this this is where I become conflicted because I did a little bit of reading before we did the podcast and there seems to be two versions of his origin story. Oh, yes. <laughs> and 
Number one, which is the one that I know about, is he was involved in a car accident which left him horribly disfigured, I think. This is from Smallville. Steve's looking all puzzled. This is from Smallville. So this is what I know of, that he was involved in some car accident because he was this um, all-star football, uh, American football player in college or something like that, um, which left him disfigured. And basically most of his body had been replaced with cybernetics. Um, and then the other version is something about a monster coming through a portal, killing his mother, um, and horrifically injuring, um, poor Victor Stone. And again, most of his body being, um, replaced with cybernetic parts. But I saw from the, I think it's the Justice League movie that the parts that he were replaced with were Kryptonian. Um, so that is as far as my knowledge goes of the cyborg interesting and that's why we need Dan we've got Paul who literally is is our resident wide-eyed wondrous wishing (laughs) to learn man and we have Dan who's who's our knowledgeable for the TV and movie stuff because yeah I've Smallville so long ago that I'd completely forgotten that origin. So thanks for that, Dan. That was a nice reminder. Yeah, um, but um, God, yes, two bloody completely different origins. And why? <sighs> so many different reasons. But the one obviously I know is is the original from the 1980s because uh, you've probably seen from the pictures I posted on Twitter and sent you guys that I pulled out the first 100 issues of New Teen Titans and Tales of the Teen Titans as a... Uh, research in air quotes (laughs) (laughs) it's actually just uh, me traveling down memory lane and ended up reading a lot more than researching and just picking up the issues oh remember this story i love this story (laughs) and um his origin did actually properly get told until the um spotlight miniseries the four issue miniseries which came in 1982 and well spotted down exactly right where they tell you of his childhood where he was almost as as much a, an experiment to his parents as he was their child. And he had a IQ of 170 at the age of like 10 and literally working with his parents who were top level scientists, uh, playing with gateways into other dimensions, this huge orange corrosive blob-like creature managed to get through. And yes, it destroyed his, his poor mum um covered more than half of his body and whatever it did touch was corrosive it it ended up destroyed and his dad saved his life and he didn't appreciate that very much at the time because obviously you've seen what he looks like bless him and that's going to be hard for anybody but for a teenager in the prime of his life um with his first girlfriend and a sports star an athletic star and a kid genius that was like the death knell and that was the beauty part of the teen titans comics back then because they were teenagers and i I keep saying this because this again is the same series we mentioned in the robins episode where dick grayson became nightwing and and so many other amazing things happened the this run of comics is legendary it's priceless and they're treasures to me I, i don't know how much they're worth i don't care how much they're worth they're to me they're priceless because from the ages of 10 to 16 17 i devoured them and i've got them still and that origin to me is the one that i will always believe to be the true origin 
But yeah, like I said, that all changed with the advent of Flashpoint, where Barry Allen, damn you, decided <laughs> to change time and save his mum from death, and by doing that, created another parallel universe where walking down an alleyway, Thomas, Martha, and Bruce Wayne were faced by a gunman who killed Bruce. But his father ended up becoming the Batman and his mother went crazy and ended up becoming the Joker. And in that reality, um, things went doodally until Flash decided, no, can't do that. Let's change it back. And so we got the new 52 universe, which was a great experiment, I guess, from DC, because they literally stopped all their comics and relaunched 52 brand new titles from number one with brand new modern origins in an attempt to get new readers on board. But yeah, it did bring some new readers on board, but it alienated a ton of readers who've been reading their entire lives because while certain characters, and I don't know why they keep doing this with every major reboot, Batman remains virtually unchanged as does most of his cast members, but they completely rewrite just about everyone else, including our friend Victor Stone. In this reality, the origin is a bit more realistic because... Yes, they're still tampering with portals to other dimensions, but the technology is apocalyptic, um, like in uh, Batman vs. Superman and the Justice League movie. It's Mother Box technology, which is a lot more defined and rooted in DC history because it's technology way beyond ours. And it's gone on to have so many great storylines come from it, including the movie. And that's going to be explored in much greater depth in the four-hour Snyder Cut, which I cannot wait for because you will see a much better version of Steppenwolf than we saw and we'll meet Darkseid himself and learn about Apocalypse, which will lead to the New Gods movie coming soon as well. So in that origin, um, his body was more or less completely destroyed. In the original origin, literally he loses his limbs and half his face. Um, the rest of him's more or less still human. But in the new origin, what's basically left of him is half his head and the top half of his torso. The rest of him is completely and utterly a machine. But it's an apocalyptic machine, which means he has sense, he has touch, um, but so much he doesn't have. But I think I spotted that when you sent us that this email with the questions, Paul. So we'll touch on that briefly. So, yeah, those are the two origins. Um, in my reality, he joins the Teen Titans. In the New 52 reality, he goes straight in as a member of the Justice League. And, of course, they're the two main teams he's known for, but TV's changed and tweaked things slightly given him stories and history much more similar to his original Teen Titans days, but with a Doom Patrol, where he's brilliantly portrayed by Joyvan Wade, and a brilliant British actor who other fans might recognise from a couple of appearances in Doctor Who. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's basically his origin, as briefly as I could do it, because otherwise I'd spoil a lot of the questions that our wonderful listeners and readers have sent us. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't realise about the being such a change in his origins huge so we are going to be bouncing back and forth i guess um in a lot of these questions um but i suppose shall we start at the beginning um so when did yeah. when did the character start um has he had his own comic was he always part of different comics he started like i said in teen titans in the 1980s one of Teen Titans. He did a brief um, like intro appearance in another comic before that, but his main appearances throughout the 80s was in Teen Titans, where he was one of the main stars. He was 
leader of more than one occasion. Um, he's probably the person most trustworthy, trustworthy, most honourable. He was literally a clean-cut guy. Um, part of his origin showed that he tried to rebel against his parents because literally they treated him like a test subject. All they wanted to do is test his IQ. So he, he became a jock. He became a sports person. He ran in with the wrong crowd. His best friend, Ronnie Evers, ended up being a, a street thug. And uh, that name, I want to shout out to our good friend, Max Byrne, because he, um, like I, reviews Doom Patrol. He reviews it for a, a UK site, and I review it for my own site, for Fantastic Universes. And um, I spotted that a character called Ronnie Evers had appeared in the Doom Patrol series. But there's um, some major differences between the two versions of Ronnie Evers, and he wasn't aware, of course, of the original. So um, I want to talk about Ronnie Evers' TV and comic over the course of the pod, but without revealing too much, I know that many UK viewers haven't seen Doom Patrol Season 2 yet because it hasn't released on any UK platforms as yet, and um, they're going to get a brilliant surprise. But comics fans who know the original Cyborg and Ronnie Evers, they're going to get a big surprise when they watch Doom Patrol. Ooh, yes. So, yeah, um, mainly part of a team. He did have his brief series, um, both in the New 52 era and the Rebirth era, but for some reason, I love him. I love Vic Stone so much. He's one of my favourite characters because, obviously, from the age of 10 to 18, like I said, I fell in love with him in the pages of Teen Titans. So I've tried to follow his adventures wherever I could. But um, somehow he only seems to last and work in teen books. Right now, he's part of Justice League Odyssey, the outer space branch of the Justice League. But that title is one of the ones that was cancelled by DC. It's got a couple mm. more issues to run and then it's all over. Oh, yeah, he's been going since 1980, but mainly in team books. Boo cancellations. Boo. Booyah! In a bad way. We can probably move straight into the questions. If we're up for that, Steve-O. Always. Throw them at me. Just don't wrap them around a brick first. <laughs> so the first question is from Paul, Paul the Max Better Half, Amanda McGuigan. Yes, and she would like to know why is he called Cyborg? It's actually a pretty sensible question to ask because, and she's not the only person to raise it. Now, I was 10 when I first met Victor Stone and the word Cyborg was a word I'd heard before, but only because I was a super nerd almost from birth. And growing up in the 70s, we had shows like The Six Million Dollar Man, and for me, he was the first cyborg I ever came across because he was a man with a robotic arm, a robotic eye and two bionic legs. And then obviously from comics like 2000 AD, which started in the 70s, I learned of other cyborgs. And what cyborg basically is, is a portmanteau word, which is basically a word made up of two other words. Cyborg, cybernetic, as in machines, mm. organism, as in organic. So it's a blend of something that's half man and half machine. And that's, to all intents and purposes, exactly what the character is. You look at him and you'll see that there is a man there, but more than half of him is pure cybernetics, pure machinery, pure prosthetics. And he is the ultimate bionic man. He makes Steve Austin from The Six Million Dollar Man look like a wind-up toy. <laughs> And that is why 
Indeed, he's called Cyborg. When you first see him, you may get the impression that some of it is a suit because some of it's like really bulky. But is it all prosthetics? Is it all sort of tied into him? Sadly, yes. Uh, there's very little human left. Uh, again, that's changed drastically from his first appearance because back in the 80s, there was one point where they managed to restore him almost completely to human. Yes, there was still some cybernetic parts left, but they managed to coat it in flesh so he looked more or less the same. But he sacrificed that to save his teammates at another point in time. So, um, whereas he was mostly human, as I said, the original version, all he lost was his limbs and half his face. In modern versions, he's nearly all machine. I think basically his lungs, his heart and his brain his eyes, whatever remains in his head, it's all that's really left of him. So, yep, it is all machinery. But it's living machinery. That's the one thing that people seem to have a little bit of a grasp, not be able to get a grasp of, because apocalypse in technology is so advanced, it's sentient. A mother box, the uh, apocalypse computers, are alive. So even though he's a machine don't think he can't feel he can't um he isn't alive those parts of him are every bit as alive as his human side but it's getting the two worlds to meet that has caused him so many problems because again where there's a mother box half of that technology belongs to the new gods of new genesis who are benevolent um creatures but the other half belongs to dark side and his denizens of apocalypse who are literally the greatest evil you could ever imagine so there have been times when that technology has been usurped and corrupted by apocalyptians and other times where he's um had to literally get himself offline there was one point in his life where he, his cybernetic side grew so powerful when corrupted by dark side that it actually separated from him and became a separate character and he literally had to fight part of himself and that character was called grid and it was wicked that was a really really great storyline from from the modern era of cyborg but yeah long and short of it is uh 20, answer word answer to a <laughs> question is yes he's your machine nowadays sadly poor old vic <laughs> poor old vic we love vic I think it kind of shows like how little they really utilize Cyborg, I think. Yeah, agreed. Um, because like I said, I only knew about him from an episode of Smallville uh, and the Justice video games. And then you talked about Grid and a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, oh, I know Grid. He was in the <laughs> Justice team video game. Oh, okay. But you know, like you have villains like the Joker, you have, villains like Lex Luthor and why do you know about them it's because characters like yeah, Batman everything. and Superman are bloody everywhere they're on lunchboxes they're in the cinemas on the TV and you know so so much and then yeah. it's like you go oh yeah you know one of my more favourite supervillains is Grid and most people probably go who yeah. you know what I mean like Victor Stone's dark side quite literally <laughs> pun intended pun most definitely intended with ketchup on warning podcast may come with puns 
Yes. This one definitely does. With us three, there is no choice. <laughs> We're the Puntastic Three. We have another question from Faye Clock. Ah, Lady Faye. And she asks, how did he actually become the cyborg? And was it the lab explosion or an alien blob? But I think it was pretty yeah, I mean, how did he do it? That's down to you. What I love about DC's new metaverse theory is you pick the stories you love and that's your reality. Um, just enjoy them for what they are. For me, the blob story, while less realistic, is a lot more charming. The apocalypse story is much more realistic, but they wiped out so much of his brilliant origins, his brilliant life story with the Titans. And <sighs> seeing a teen character so realistically portrayed. I mean, that era of Teen Titans is second only, actually not even second only, it's every bit as good as the original Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, John Romita Sr. Spider-Man comics as being the best written and realised teenagers ever to hit comics. Why do I say this? Because I was a teenager when I read them. Like I said, I started reading Teen Titans when I was 10. There's a few of the comics I did not sell when I got married, as you can see, because they're sitting there. Um... (laughs) And they'll always have a soft spot in my heart because while these guys were going through their growing pains and falling in love and trying to manage jobs and socialising with being superheroes, I I was doing much the same thing except without the supervillains and being threatened on a daily basis with death and dismemberment. But um, That's good to know. it, It is good to know. I mean, that only happened on Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's why having him become cyborg much closer to being an adult and going straight into the Justice League, I felt was sad in a way. I mean, he deserves it. If anyone deserves to be promoted from the Teen Titans to being a full league member, it is Victor Stone. No shadow of that. It is that guy. But um, they could have done it without wiping 30 odd years of history. Yeah. That's that's the one drawback. That's the one bit I didn't like. So for me, find the era of Cyborg you love, embrace it and enjoy it. And that's the way to do it. That's the way I'd, I'd suggest it to anybody. And that's what we'll do, because the reading list for this one is going to be difficult because his appearances and his origins are so different. that You almost think you're reading about two different characters with the same name. So I say pick your favourite and, and go with that. Fair enough. So he gets all his mechanical bits and bobs. That's the technical term that I'm using now. Bits and bobs. That's deep. I know. You don't have to pay for this, people. I mean, come on. Legendary. Um, (laughs) What sort of of inverted commas powers come with it? Um, What what are his abilities? This is the cool shit. Clearly, being half animal, half machine, he's way more powerful than a normal human being. I mean, this guy is strong. Um, Huge feats of strength, speed, stamina, endurance, and that's just the half of it. Being a creature of technology means he can access and interface with virtually every computer system known to man. And that was only enhanced. One of the beauty parts of the new origin is his technology is so advanced that 
there's very little he can't hack. So if they have adventures on alien worlds or in other dimensions, any technology basically he can adapt to and absorb because the mother box can learn. It's an AI in every single sense of the word. So not only is he super strong, super fast, super athletic, super agile, super tough, um, literally the technology side of it is probably even more awesome because he can fight a virtual battle in cyberspace and fight a real battle side by side with his comrades. So his powers are really pretty awesome. Um, so much so that uh, at a point in time where um, Damien Wayne had been murdered by one of his own clones, the Heretic, in the brilliant Batman Incorporated series when Batman went global, um, Victor Stone was one of the people Batman turned to to get to Apocalypse and Apocalypse in Technology to try and revive Damien and, and bring him back to life. Cyborg was a huge part of that story. It's called um, Robin Rises. And... Um, yeah, he's now that Barbara's Gordon's back to being Batgirl and she isn't Oracle anymore, she isn't like the tech support for the heroes of the DC universe. Vic Stone has taken up a lot of that. And if you want intel and you want it fast, Vic's your man. So his powers are technology based, physically based, and cyberspace based. He is an all stop shop. So if you want someone in a fight, he's there with you. If you want someone to hack, he's there with you. If you want intelligence gathering and, and um, to break into places, he's your guy. Brilliant, brilliant character. So many aspects, so many different sides to him. Really, really cool. So Powers, he's got him. Oh. You mentioned it earlier a little bit, but we had a, a question on it again from Faye. Mm. Um, Victor's genius level intelligence was that a cyborg thing, or was he just that smart before all the mechanics? Let me just say this. Faye Clark, I love you. <laughs> Faye is someone I've known since she was about 10, 11 years old. She um, is a, an old family friend. Her parents were friends of ours, and she's grown up side by side with Adam for the last 15-plus years. But she's become so much more than a friend she's almost like a, a surrogate daughter to me she's a writer on two of the websites i run and she's the kind of person who can come up with these with these questions because she if you think i'm enthusiastic about comics you don't know the word enthusiastic until you talk to Faye about jason todd and barbara gordon that's when her face will light up and she will blow your mind Faye, i love you brilliant question um yeah because so many people think that Cyborg's only smart because of his cybernetics. Not so. As I said, from a child, he grew up with two of the smartest people on the planet, two world-class scientists, and he had an IQ of 170 when he was a 10-year-old. So he's always been smart, and the cybernetics have only advanced and developed that. So not only is he a tough, powerful guy, he could probably outthink virtually everyone in the room as well. So brilliant question, Faye. Yes. You're someone who knows your comics characters. He was always smart. He did not need the cybernetics to to have that. He was he's always one of the smartest characters in the DC universe. And the coolest. <laughs> nice. Great question. Hmm. I wonder if what maybe like a one of their Elseworld stories about him if he didn't have his cybernetics. Because if he's that mm. smart, one of the stories they could make up with him. 
oh, so many. I mean, I reckon he could be a hero even without the cybernetics. Yeah. He's that cool a guy. I mean, he was an Olympic-level athlete before the accident. Um, he could have been on, on any American football team he wanted to. So in a lot of ways, that was stolen from him, but the powers made him a superhero. But I think even without them, like Dick Grayson, he's one of these guys who I think was just born to be a hero. And when you see him interact with children and stuff like that throughout his years, he's also an inspiration and a role model. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll, I'll talk about that a little later because I think Faye um, almost, I'll be honest, almost baffled me with the question because it was a character I'd forgotten about. And again, pulling out all my old comics made me remember her. So good work, Faye. Very good work. Hold on, Faye. You almost got him. Almost. <laughs> It's not quite. <laughs> the next question is from Amanda McGuigan, yet again. Aha. Uh-huh. She's on uh, fire this week. Yes. Uh, I don't know, right? But I think she was the one that... Well, this is a character who actually she nominated first. She did, yeah. Uh, yeah she exactly, was the first yeah, exactly. vote for Cyborg. So it's been a long time coming. And Amanda, this proves we don't read the votes because you're the wife of one of the hosts and it still took yeah. seven episodes to get to and him. So, but haven't yeah, I heard about it for seven episodes? Vote. Yeah. <laughs> cool. She won in the end. And so she, did, she yeah. deserves the questions. So, yeah, Dano, hit us with an Amanda. Again, right. no bridge. <laughs> I'll try. Uh, she asks, uh, "Is he a good guy, or like Venom, does he straddle the lines?" Now, the brilliant thing about a Cyborg, I've already mentioned, Grid, is that his technology can be corrupted. But he, the man himself, honestly, true blue hero, one hundred percent from day one. But the thing is, yeah, I mean, Grid's one side of it. There have been other cyborgs um, who have become his enemies. Uh, case in point, oh, this is a bit where I've got to be really careful. People who watch Doom Patrol will have met Ronnie Evers. But in Doom Patrol, Ronnie Evers is not a he, it's a she. And rather than being uh, Vic's childhood friend gone bad, She's actually Cyborg's love interest. And the story and the romance is a beautiful thing to see until you discover that she, like him, is part machine. Dun, dun, dun. So Ronnie Evers in the comics turns out to be a second Cyborg who is vicious, mean, and the complete opposite. Where Cyborg almost went off the rails and joined a gang just to annoy his parents he saw through it. He actually stopped um, his best friend from committing a terrible crime and um, thought he died in the process. But Ronnie came back as a dark cyborg. Um, so is that going to happen in Doom Patrol season three? Who knows? But I don't want to give too much away because so much of it has paralleled the comics that um, if I say any more, I am going to spoil any potential future because Doom Patrol season two was cut short due to COVID. So whether we would have seen more of Ronnie Ever's story in season two, I don't know, or whether they're going to continue it, which I think they need to for season three. If I say any more about Ronnie Ever's from the comics, it could spoil so much. So uh, yeah, Alvic hero through and through, but 
like I said, darker cyborgs have existed. Um, case in point, obviously, we, we've mentioned Ronnie Evers, we've mentioned Grid. There's also, though, Latonya Charles, who is like a female cyborg, um, who, again, has been a villain and, and, and a thorn in, in Victor's side. And she actually joined uh, Villainy Inc., um, the Society and the Cyborg Revenge Squad. So she, again, is another dark side of his power so really cool but there have been other good cyborgs too so i think i don't know if there any questions will dwell on that and if not ask me to remind me to come back to uh to the lovely scarlet taylor also known as variant who's another good cyborg character from dc comics ah. that was on my list of things to ask you so we will definitely come back to that i look forward to that one Mm-hmm. But now we have a very serious question. Uh oh. You mentioned love interest mm-hmm. and the cybernetics. Yes. We have a question from Chaotic Comics and Crafts. Where's this going? Yes. Is this, is this going to be a Batawang type question? You know him well. Now, <laughs> he posed his question in two forms. Oh, no. allowing me to dip be diplomatic however okay i will not do that for him i'll read it out <laughs> as he wrote it he said hey, sorry mate we love you um, but yeah uh, we tell it as it is here so he says now i'm reminded of questions from long ago such as has the vision got a willy oh god <laughs> Now, you may wish to apply this question to Cyborg, or perhaps not. And then he says, how much technology is he might be more diplomatic. You're correct. It might be. But there we go. So uh, That took so much ball to ask a question like that, eh? Oh, God. Well done, Dan. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, well, poor old Vision's actually an android um, built to resemble a human in any way possible. So he did um, have a one of those because he and uh, Scarlet Witch had babies. They turned out to be imaginary and vanished after a while. But hey, um, they were then brought to life again later. But we're not talking about the Vision. We're talking about Cyborg. <sighs> right. 1980 Cyborg. Yes, he definitely did have. And he had girlfriends and stuff. And yes. But like I said modern day victor stone unless he has a apocalyptian mother box todger uh maybe <laughs> a, a willy box um <laughs> he um sadly no does not and anyone who remembers um the version of the justice league movie we saw will clearly remember a scene where he is on this rack and his father's trying to resuscitate him and all you see is the remains of a spine of what's little remnants of a torso left um shoulders and a head so sadly um no in modern times current cyborg is much more machine than man he is todgerless poor old vic mm. yes stone can't get a bone <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry but aiden oh, i love you mate <laughs> you, you asked the hard questions oh what a dick move yeah sorry about that (sighs) well you don't get that quality anywhere else absolutely you really don't (laughs) (laughs) wow 
Please, yeah. let's move swiftly along. Moving on, moving on. <laughs> oh, there's always one. So you mentioned um, the scene there with his um, with his dad. Mm. Um, in the film, it it shows that there's a lot of resentment between the two of them. Is that true in the um, in the comics? Oh yeah, absolutely. There, there's plenty of times where, first of all, with with Vic's old girlfriend from before the accident, Marcy who, when she first sees him, she's like, why didn't you just die? And, uh, I mean, that's a horrible thing to hear from someone you're in love with. And when we see the origin a couple of years later in the in the Spotlight miniseries, he actually says it. When, when his father does save his life with the robotics, he looks at him and says, Dad, Dad this isn't living. What I am isn't human. Even. Why didn't you just let me die? And um, it's really deep. And it comes to the fore when he... Obviously, breaks up with Marcy, and he's walking the streets, and he's kind of across a park, and he gets hit by a baseball. And the kid runs up to him and says, "Hey, Mister, can I have my ball back?" And obviously, the Cyborg thinks this kid's looking at me, and I'm barely human, and the kid doesn't care. And he picks up the ball, but then, of course, the kid sees his hand, and the kid says, "Oh, wow." And Cyborg says, oh, so that's it now, that definitely, he's going to look at me now and definitely think I'm a monster. And the kid just says, damn, that's so cool, it's so much better than mine. And Cyborg looks at the kid and the kid, he sees that this child, again, has a prosthetic hand, but obviously prosthetics, as we know from um, modern medicine, are nowhere near on the same level as, as what Victor Stone has. And he realises this child is an amputee. And he looks around and he sees that the other kids he's playing with are various states of disability are amputees or have prosthetic limbs as well and he speaks to them and he becomes a hero to these kids because they see that this guy this big strong guy isn't just like them he's a hero he's helping the world and he's probably in a worse state than any one of them is and that's the beauty of part of this character he can be such an inspiration not just for these children but when you think about the military and soldiers who have been hit by bullets or landmines or any type of thing and they come home from war and do they feel that do they feel less than human do they sometimes wish they died i think a character like cyborg is hugely important for that entire strata of society and to have him be that and be a, a, a minority character as well, be a, be a, a vision of, of, of hope for so many sides of society that it's a great thing to see. So, yeah, he did have those feelings, but he's risen above them and he's made his disability a super ability. He's made his resentment and his loss into a positive, much the same way Batman did after the loss of his parents, much the same way that Barbara Gordon did when she was paralysed by the Joker. She didn't just give up fighting crime. She became Oracle. And she did that brilliantly until she regained the use of her legs. Um, Victor Stone, yeah, he turned a horrible, horrible negative into something truly powerful, positive and heroic. So, yeah, that, that happened. That's true to the comics, very true to the comics. Did his, um, was his dad just 
basically there for the origin stories, or did he? No, um, Silas Stone's been a huge part of Vic's life. Um, Again, anyone who watches the Teen Titans TV show will see that. And they do reconcile over the years because Vic does realise that what's happened to him, while horrific, surely where there's life, there's hope. And the fact that he is still alive, he does owe to his father. And uh, it's hard because when you compare him to... Um, Robot Man from the same series who literally is just a brain in a robotic shell and this is an older guy who has a family Mm. that's when you do realise how far is too far and Vix used that negative to become a hero, Robot Man (laughs) Um, goes down a slightly different path and guys I know I keep recommending comics to you, but Dan, <laughs> as our resident movie and TV expert, mm. Titans is good. Yeah, Titans is really good. Doom uh-huh. Patrol, Doom Patrol could be the best comic book based TV show of them all because it is so out there, but so deep at the same time. It's wild. It's mental. It's crazy. It's wacky. It's lunatic. It's bonkers. But again, it asks those type of questions. Just because you're half machine, does that mean you're less human? Um, so yeah, if you guys get a chance, pick up that show. Honestly, buy season one because that's available here. If you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. How's that for a recommendation? <laughs> <laughs> but do, do you know what? I because I, I've got I've got Prime and. Um, is it not on? It's not on Stars. I can't remember what uh, streaming service it's on. It's through Prime. Yeah, and Stars you Play. You can get like Stars Play. That's it. And you can get like a seven-day free trial. Mm-hmm. So I'm very tempted if I could ever find the time, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to do Season one's trial. long. It's like 15, 16 episodes, but it's so worth it. Child's Play. It's so <sighs> worth it. Yeah. Oh, actually, in a week. Yeah, that's not too bad, is it? Two episodes yeah. a day, done, sorted. <laughs> exactly. So I may indulge in that. Highly recommended, boys. Highly recommended. I'll give you a break from all the comics I'm throwing at you. Yeah. <laughs> We've still got a uh, Miracle Man to uh, read. So. Oh, God. I'm going to have to buy those myself. And I know I've seen them. Those books are beautiful. <laughs> oh. Anyway, we talked about him. Let's get Fair back enough. to it. <laughs> We're going off the beaten path for Ben a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, so, next question is actually from yours truly. Oh, I know him. Yeah. Good, good fella. Keeps his nose clean. Yes. Um, so, I wanted to know. So, Cyborg was a part of uh, the Justice League, Teen Titans, Doom Patrol. Now, listen to what you said. Kind of like tweaks my question a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, I like tweaking. Is it is it just like a timeline thing? Because you said you know it was from when uh, when he was a little younger when he first became Cyborg, um, and then moved on to uh, Justice League, then Do- or Doom Patrol, or I don't know which order it would realistically go in. Um, or was he like WWE's Randy Orton, and he was a bit of a stable horse? <laughs> 
<laughs> like that. That's really good. No, literally, uh, in one reality, he was a member of the Teen Titans. In another reality, he was a member of the Justice League. The Doom Patrol thing is purely part of the TV show. Um, uh-huh. For some baffling reason, well, it's not so baffling, I guess. Um, Garfield Logan, Changeling stroke Beast Boy, was originally a part of the Doom Patrol, but he moved to the Teen Titans. Now, because they did that in uh, the Doom Patrol episode of Teen Titans, it meant that there was a spot open in Doom Patrol. And who would be as good a fit as, as someone who is a child who can suddenly turn into animals, as someone who is a man and was now suddenly half machine? And what they've done is they've married um, the Teen Titans version of Cyborg with the Justice League version of Cyborg brilliantly for the Doom Patrol TV show because he's like a junior Justice League member. He's about to break into the Justice League. So he's still the kid who's learning, who's still having his powers develop, who's still learning to control them. So you've got that whole aspect from the Teen Titans, but he's already a known and established hero. So he's got that part of the Justice League. But he's with this team of complete misfits, the most out-there heroes you'd ever imagine who... In some cases, can't even really be called heroes. They, they save the day by pure blind luck most of the time. And their enemies are as fucked up as they are. That aspect of him in the Doom Patrol is brand new to TV, but it's perfect because unlike when they recreated his origin for the comics and it basically wiped out 20, 30 years of history, this version embraces every side of the comic book, Victor Stone. You can almost read it as part of what happened when he left the Titans and before he joined the Justice League, or if you just know him from Justice League, what happened before he joined the Justice League. So it's great. But in the comics, no, he was never in Doom Patrol. He was only Teen Titans or Justice League. So great question. Good one. I like that. Thank you, Dan. Cool. No. It's not a case of it being like Elseworlds or anything. It's just simply, yeah, one, two... One Earth, which is a series, which is Teen Titans, and then you have another mm-hmm. Earth, which is a series, exactly. which is Justice League, mm-hmm. and then you have another, you have the TV series, which is another world where he's in the Doom Patrol. Exactly that. Cool, cool, cool. Spot on. So, not like WWE's Randy Orton, nope. he is a super whore. <laughs> cool. We um we did have a few questions on um on the various teams teams that he was in, so maybe we should cover each of them quickly. Because um, it's funny, we were talking before we had a sort of a late flurry of questions. Yeah. Um, but to begin with, we only had a few, and I think you said it, Steve, that people seem to think they know Cyborg, but yeah. the teams thing really sort of trips people up. Absolutely. Um, so you said the the main one he was in to begin with was uh, Teen Titans. So I wonder. You said he was the leader for a lot of the time. Um, so how did he join? Was he always the leader? What happened when to leave? No, um, he took over as leader whenever um, Dick Grayson had to move somewhere else. So he was always like deputy leader. So he joined. Um, there was the original Teen Titans, which was the original Kid Sidekicks um, back in the 60s. So that would be Robin when he was Dick Grayson, um, Wally West, Kid Flash, um, the original Aqualad, uh, Donna Troy, the original Wonder Girl, 
they were the original Teen Titans. And over the course of the years, other teen heroes joined them, like Hawk and Dove and um, various others. And then there was the new Teen Titans. This is the series where Cyborg came in, which came out in 1980, which more or less is very faithfully, but in a more gritty and adult way, what's adapted in the Titans TV show. Um, The new Teen Titans from 1980 were... Robin Dick Grayson, but as he'd already left Batman and was on the path to becoming Nightwing, Raven, um, Cyborg, Beast Boy, Garfield Logan, and Starfire. But then, of course, we had Cyborg, who wasn't in the Teen Titans TV show, because obviously he's in Doom Patrol. But um, the new Teen Titans is where he made his main first appearance, and he was with them... Well, I brought down the first hundred issues and he's in all of them. But by that point, <clears throat> the early 90s was when I met my wife, when I had to stop collecting comics for a while, when I sold a ton of them off, never sold these. Um, and I know he remained a Titan until they, they rewrote history with um, Flashpoint and the New 52. Oh, wow. And then all of a sudden, there he was as a hero born of apocalyptic technology into the into the justice league so there's going to be two main schools of readers actually three um ones like me who remember the classics and still read comics now those who may have stopped reading comics because they reached a certain age and life happened or those who came in comics in the last 15 20 years um yeah early 2000s that's when the the new 52 and stuff happened 2006 2007 ish yeah because rebirth's 2016 so yeah um who may only know him as a justice leaguer so it will confuse a lot of people but in between all of that obviously people like dan will back me up here you'll have the teen titans animated series which is absolutely freaking phenomenal and then you get Teen Titans Go, which personally I hate, <laughs> but kids love it. And it's a lot of the same character actors, a lot of the same voices. And again, it brings people into reading comics, even though it's not my cup of tea. It, it, it's got a valid place. And then, of course, you get the third iteration, the ultimate grown-up Titans show. But what I love about each of them is they embrace different sides of all the characters. But for anyone who watches TV, Luke the Stone, Cyborg is and always will be a teen titan yeah that's to yeah. me i think the most recognized version of vic i mean the fact that teen titans go had a movie last year and then they're coming up with a second one i do believe most people will know victor stone as a teen titan obviously paul you only know him from the justice league movie so for you he's justice league through and through but dan i mean i'd be interested to see your perspective because you've seen him in video games and stuff as well do you relate to him more as a Teen Titans member or as a Justice League member? Um, because I first saw him in yeah Teen Titans. That's yeah. that's the first time I I ever saw him. So that's that's the only not stable but group of superheroes that I relate to with him in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're saying about the uh, case the, in point TV viewers would think that yeah. You're talking about the. Uh, Teen Titans Go. Um, and the only reason I watched it is because I, you know, when you flick through Netflix and it'll show you like yeah. a little preview. 
and there was a little preview with him conversing with Robin and it made me giggle and I thought, oh, okay, let me just... But the thing just... is with that show, it does do that to you. If you stumble across it mid-episode, you will get drawn in and watch it. <laughs> and that's, I think, part of the most terrifying aspect of its power. Um, but yeah, it's... Like I said, thanks, Dan. That's answered the question I've always had: is what TV viewers who may not necessarily be into the comics, where what they know of him, and yeah, um, for me, he'll always be a Teen Titan because that's my childhood era. That's like I said, I mean, the age of ten to sixteen probably were very formative to both of you guys, right? Very important years to you. Yeah. Um, so. That's to me why he'll always be a Teen Titan, but I'm not going to knock him as part of the Justice League. Like I said, he's earned it, and it has led to some brilliant stories. So, yeah, it's 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 a great question. It's a really really good question. Um, I said, pick what you love, and let that be your cyborg. And right now, I'm loving him as part of the Doom Patrol because that show is the biz. It's awesome. I think it's kind of like fifty-fifty between. Um, Justice League and uh, Teen Titans, but more so for me, Teen Titans. But I don't know if you guys remember anything from like Smallville. Um, there was a stint Very in the likely, series. Yeah. There was a stint in the series where it was Superman, uh, Green Arrow, uh, Cyborg, Aquaman, Cyborg, and, and yeah. Aquaman. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that kind of like resonates with me as well. And if you remember, like, um, I think it was near to the end of the stint, um, like Green Arrow's like, oh, maybe you should join us. And like, Cyborg was like, yeah, join us. Da, 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 da. We're thinking about starting a league. It's <laughs> like, ooh, <laughs> cheap plug. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. So it all depends on which aspect, whether you're a true and true comics reader for years, a recent comics reader, a TV or movie fan, that's going to totally colour how you view Cyborg and where you think he belongs. Mm-hmm. And everyone's taste is valid. Everyone's taste is, is, is worth listening to. But for me, um, Titans first, Justice League second. Joint second, because I love him in Doom Patrol. I just love Cyborg. He's cool. <laughs> He's my main machine man. So this next one is from Mike, Genuine Chit Chat, SW Comics in Canon. Yay. And Mr. Mike, Magic Mike. Oh, buddy. How did the comic world take Cyborg in Teen Titans? Then that's when I first was introduced to him and I loved him. But did the comic lovers feel the same or did the Cartoon Network adaption play on the two childish side? Mm, that's a really good question because again i did watch the teen titans animated series but i watched it with adam when he was little and what a lot of people who don't read comics might not know is that show was a really faithful adaptation of the 80s teen titans comics um right down to the legendary judas contract series where a teenage girl with superpowers joins the Titans, but she's actually a spy for their greatest villain, Slade, Deathstroke. And she ends up sacrificing her life and becoming a hero at the end of it. And it's it's one of the most powerful comic book stories of all time. I mean, so much so that not only has it been adapted in that series, 
it was loosely adapted in season two of Titans, but with Ravager instead of instead of Terror. And it's actually been made an animated movie in the last two or three years as well. So that Teen Titans show, the original one, not Teen Titans Go, because again, that's anyone over the age of six shouldn't really be watching that unless. Um, well, I'm not going to go into it because again, again, it's got its fans uh, and and they love it, but. As a comic book fan, when I saw the Teen Titans animated series, even though the style was a bit more childish, a bit more manga-esque, the stories and the characterization were absolutely spot on. So I can't speak for every comics fan, but I personally, I loved the Teen Titans animated series. So much so that if they ever do a Blu-ray release of it, I'll buy it. I'll buy it and and I'll keep it because it's brilliant. Um, So personally... Uh, I would speak for most of the people I know who write for my sites and stuff. I don't think of a single, I can't, I actually can't think of a single one who would say that they didn't like the Teen Titans animated series. Uh, I know of a couple who don't like the new Titans series so much. They think it's too dark, too gritty, too removed from the comics. But again, I think it's just grown up with its audience, which is something that some TV shows and movies don't do. They stick to, a set audience through every reboot and sometimes um that can be a good thing but as a comics fan who grew up with the original comics literally grew up with them um i can safely say that that teen titan animated series was brilliant and very well received it ran for like three or four seasons so that speaks for itself good question mike and that's why you have your own podcast as well son Genuine <laughs> chit chat, genuinely great question. <laughs> and of course, you can find his Star Wars comics and canon on this very network. And any Star Wars fan who's also into comics needs to yeah. listen to that show. Seriously, needs to listen to that show. The man knows what he's talking about. Oh yeah, the force well, is strong. That would be myself included. Because mm-hmm. I. I, I, I never knew there were Star Wars comics, so that would be something. Oh, and most of them are bloody awesome. There are a few duds, but that's the same with any comic, really. But some Star Wars comics are freaking amazing. Really, really good stuff. Um, so you mentioned the animated series basically was pretty close to the comics. Yeah, great adaptation. Um, Teen Titans Go was it just sort of an excuse to use the characters and they did whatever the hell they wanted with them and Steve is very much pulling a face now just so you all know <laughs> his head's going to explode mm. everybody run again it's I'm just a grumpy old man and <laughs> um, certain shows I can live with but Teen Titans Go honestly Teen Titans Go away um but hey that's just my opinion millions of people love it um so many seasons and two movies i must be wrong it's just not my cup of tea <laughs> it's just not my cup. it was literally just every week is a new story very little to of it has anything to do with titans or teen titans or superheroes or anything it's just five or six characters just acting stupid and it's great entertainment honestly because i know even though i say i can't stand it I've already said that if you catch it mid-episode, you will be drawn in and end up watching the whole episode. <laughs> so there's something to it, but it's just not my my cup of tea. The original Teen Titans animated series, yeah, I could watch that all day long. It's brilliant. 
It's absolutely brilliant. And, uh, you know, that, that's where Booyah came from, um, which even the movie Cyborg uttered by the end of Justice League. So there you go. Had an effect on society and culture. I think there was a question. I think, yeah. Oh, God, have I done it again? <laughs> <laughs> You're an eager beaver. Larry. Well, I don't like to read all the questions, know all of them, because then, you know, it's a bit rehearsed that way, isn't it? I, I like to, yeah, show that <laughs> these questions sometimes do get me out of left field. <laughs> Fake clock, Max Byrne, John, you, you know who you are. <sighs> Hammond. <laughs> Tony Farina. Yeah, all of you people. I know who you are. And I know where you live. No and I know what you read. And the podcast you listen to. Um, I don't know if it's worth you said he was only really in Doom Patrol in a TV show Mm. I don't know if it's worth like a five second what the hell is Doom Patrol for those of us who don't know what the hell Doom Patrol is Doom Patrol is a superhero comic on acid (laughs) enough said (laughs) that's what it is um, you've got you one of the characters to... who's who's a rubber woman who uh, needs to concentrate to keep herself together. Um, Doom Patrol is a brain in a walking robotic body, and Doom Patrol is a man who's gone into space and had his body taken over by an alien life form. Doom Patrol is a cyborg. Doom Patrol is the chief, a man in a wheelchair who looks after all these weird, powerful characters and who created was created long before the X-Men man in a wheelchair who walks, who goes around with lots of super-powered, weird characters. Um, but um, it's a very childish show for grown-ups. It's the best way that I can describe Goon Patrol. It's definitely an adult series, but it is... It's if, what if the DC Universe had been created by Salvador Dali? Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. It's the only way I can describe it. Uh-huh. Watch it. It's great. Um, yeah. One of my most loved quotes when reviewing this show was when I described it as nuttier than a sack full of squirrel poop. <laughs> Enough said. I've had plenty of people from work like saying, "Oh, because yeah, like I tell I tell them about our podcast and everything." Yeah. They're like, "Oh, yeah, you're 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 a DC fan, aren't you? You you got your own podcast." It's like, "Have you seen Doom Patrol?" And I said, "No." And the looks on their little faces when I tell them, "No." Dan, you know but I love I you, but they're right. Yeah. No, <laughs> 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 uh, I will. I will definitely indulge in the Doom Patrol. I'll get the uh, the the free trial and just blitz it. I can I'm actually do sorry. I can actually watch it at work when I'm when I'm on my breaks. So you will not be sorry. Yeah. I promise you. If if you watch that show and don't love it, you'll be the first person. Because I don't know a single person who does not love that show. Hmm. Not a single one. Highly recommended. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came 
the spinner rack and now the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff i just mentioned i am the knight a story about the stories a show celebrating batman the animated series week by week episode by episode just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones I am the night. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley fucking Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not fuck that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't fuck with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents... Mad Love. The Harley Quinn Cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Hi, my name's Steve, and I'm here to tell you all about the DC Comics News Podcast. Every week, my friends and I sit down and discuss everything DC. Movies, TV and streaming, comic books, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. (laughs) No, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Whatever the case, you can find the DC Comics News Podcast on every podcast platform apple podcasts google play spotify stitcher and everywhere else you find podcasts so um can i go now let him go he did everything you asked <laughs> <laughs> Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. So the last team that you mentioned was, of course, Justice League. Mm. Um, the most recent team he's a part of. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of where where does he stand in that? Now, Justice League Odyssey is a weird one. Um, everyone knows there's been a few upheavals in DC Comics of late. And they started a, a few years back 
with the launch of a series called Doomsday Clock. And that series ran into heavy delays because of the writer, because of the artist, because of behind-the-scenes politics and whatever else. So several things ended up being delayed and cancelled. And one of the casualties was Justice League Odyssey, which launched three or four months after it was supposed to. Um, because of that, the writer was forced to rewrite a lot of the first five or six issues, um, which you could tell because when it came out, it made very little sense. The artists got so fed up, he ended up quitting. And literally a dozen issues in, they had to bring in a brand new creative team. But the new creative team, um, led by British writer Dan Abnett, um, turned the series around. And for the last year or so, it's been bloody brilliant. But it seemed like it was too little too late because it's ending. But one of the beauty parts of it is that Cyborg has a, a starring role. Um, what the Justice League Odyssey is, is a team of Justice Leaguers sent out into space to ascertain the damage of a, a huge construct known as the Source Wall, which was created by, name you guys have heard so many times over the course of the last weeks, a guy called Jack Kirby. And the Source Wall was seen to be the end of the universe. Um, nothing could penetrate it. And over the decades... Heroes have tried and failed. Villains have tried and failed because they wanted to know what was on the other side. At uh, the end of the first DC uh, event series called Dark Knight's Metal, the source oh, yeah. wall was finally broken. And what was on the other side was found out to be something that we weren't being kept out from that side of the universe. What was on the other side was being locked in. And without spoiling too much, because Dark Knight's Death Metal, the sequel, is going on right now, we're still feeling repercussions of that. So when the Source Wall was broken, galaxies were damaged, solar systems were destroyed, Justice League Odyssey was sent out there to try and keep some of that at bay. But one of their members was Darkseid, who had been basically reborn and grown from a child to a teenager and seemed to want to do the right thing because he was one of the first people who wanted to break through that source wall and find what was on the other side but it turns out that he hadn't changed at all he was going out there for his own nefarious schemes turned on the team um at one point one of them is quite brutally killed the others are brainwashed and turned to the dark side and that's currently where the series is right now. Even Cyborg has been corrupted by Darkseid's power because, again, being partially made from apocalyptic technology is quite vulnerable to that. So right now, we're still waiting to see how that's all going to play, whether he's going to turn back. Because right now, Cyborg's not on the side of the angels. And I'm hoping that's rectified in the next two or three months before the series comes to a close. So right now, yes, he's part of Justice League Dark, but he ain't on the good side. Oh, no, he on the dark side. He's a bad boy. Oh, yeah. Very naughty. Bad cyborg. Very, very bad cyborg. It's not his fault. Nah. It's naughty old, naughty old dark side. He's a naughty old boy. stony face. He needs a naughty good boy. spanking. Not in the fun way. <laughs> <laughs> 
so all of that was leading up to three questions we had sort of all about the the teams i don't know if you want to mm. quick fire them at us dan and we'll take cover all right <laughs> duck Quack. Oh, hold on hold on to your butt um right first one is coming from a max burn my boy maximus and, Bernius. <laughs> and he asks is vic best served as a justice league member team titan or doom patrol guy that's a bloody good question and actually a lot deeper than you think is he better served oh, that's, that's brilliant again i'm biased and I'd say that everyone should make up their own mind which version of Victor they, they prefer and which team they prefer him on. How for me, I think he was better served as a teen titan when he was a teenager, for sure, because that's when he grew to be a man. He's better served as a global hero as part of the Justice League. And Doom Patrol does that brilliant, clever thing of marrying the two. You see the transition from one to the other. So for me, while he'd always be my favourite as a titan... Um, he works every bit as well and is served every bit as well by the other two teams as well. So honestly, I can't answer that question. So my best advice is read them all if you're very, very rich and have the time <laughs> and make up your own minds. But um, again, your viewing habits, your reading habits will dictate which one you think it is. My heart will always say Team Titan. But my slightly wiser side may say Justice League. But my fan of all things comic book will say Doom Patrol is the perfect blend of both. Yeah, that's all I can say, really. I'm I'm sorry it's a very wishy-washy answer, but yeah, that's opinion. It's not fact. I'm not one to pose my opinion above everyone else's. I'm not that kind of person. Um... That that's the way I see it. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. Like from what I saw, like the animated series and stuff like that, my, my heart's telling me Titans. But then what I saw of what I played so, from the Injustice video games, and then mm-hmm. what I saw from the movies, it's just like he's done. You did like well, in my opinion, he's done so much more in the Justice League as opposed to Titans. Um, and obviously, I can't really make a judgment on Doom Patrol because I haven't bloody seen it. But, yeah. Um, but, I can't uh, wait I think... to hear your guys' reactions when you watch that series. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul, if you thought that the Captain Britain episode turned silly. Oh, God. Oh, you lucky man. <laughs> Sweet doggy. Ah, the donkey. The cockroach. Donkey. Danny the Street. Hi. Not you, no, no. Danny <laughs> the Street. Not Danny the Human, Danny the Podcaster. Danny the Street. That's all I'm saying. All right, then we should just leave it there. We should put it in our little box and sweep it to the side. <laughs> um. Our next question is from James Stone. Aha. Another. No, really, no relation, of course. Writer. Great guy. Uh, and Mr. Stone has asked, 
Uh, we have seen Cyborg in Teen Titans, Justice League, and Doom Patrol. Which team do you think he should be a part of? See, again, they don't make it easy for me, do they? <laughs> should he be a part of, for God's sake? Oh, my God. <sighs> but I think Best Served um, should be a part of a two different kind of... Yeah, two different sort of takes on the same question. Yeah. Which one serves him best, but which yeah. one should he be in? Oh, man, that's that's impossible. Do you know what? I actually think he should have his own team. He's more than ready to become a leader of his fully-fledged of his own team. And right now in Doom Patrol, he's the only one with any semblance of a... Of sanity, I guess. Um, in the show, he's like the voice of reason. So he more or less is the leader of that team, particularly when it comes to anything that involves getting together and fighting the good fight. But he's already inspired um, Elastic Woman to, to go the same way, so that she now wants to be a superhero herself. So, again, he grew up a Titan. He went to the Justice League as a man but I think as a mature hero he needs to have his own team um, Batman and the Outsiders is another one of those titles that's ending and I think that if anyone's ready to lead a new team of Outsiders, a team that's operating maybe just outside the boundaries of the law who has to go covert into other countries, I'd love to see Cyborg lead a team of covert operatives like um, not like a suicide squad where then they can all die and they're basically just pawns of the government who doesn't give a damn about them. But a team of heroes who needs to maybe like black ops and dangerous missions and with a team of, of characters like maybe like Robot Man who's someone like him but the ultimate extreme and more unknown characters like your Plastic Mans or uh, maybe have Mr. Miracle again as part of the team. Um, I, mean, I think I'd love to see that some of the lesser known DC characters in a brand new team with outlandish missions um, with Cyborg as the leader. I think that's the only way because he's been the part of the two biggest teams in DC with the Titans and the Justice League. He should have his own team. Definitely. Um, he's brilliant in every team he's in. He should lead his own and take them to new heights. That That's the way I'm going to answer that. Um, he's already proven he's great in all three, so let him have his own one. And they are cancelling Titans, so there's an opening. Well, there you go. Well, they're cancelling the comic Teen Titans. Uh, <coughs> one of the best comics out there. But Titans, yeah, season three is already happening, so he can move from Doom Patrol to Titans. And listen, they've already introduced Bruce Wayne. We've got a Superboy, so we know there's a Superman in that universe. Um Maybe we even get a Justice League TV show. Um, please, God, yes. But let's see the Snyder Cut first. <laughs> yeah. no, I'd love to see him. I think he should be part of Teen Titans. Only reason I say that is because of the Titans TV show. Yeah. And I would love, Which was I would great. love exactly. Like, mm. I would love to see him in that. I mean, I know he's in Doom Patrol, so he's pretty busy. But I would <laughs> mm. love to see him in her. I would love to see him, even if it's like an only, like if it's like an episode or two. I would love to see Cyborg in. I'd Titan. love a Doom Patrol t- Titans crossover. 
That would be sick. I would watch the living shit out of that. Absolutely. <laughs> Go Titans. I mean, what for you've heard, Paul, just, just from what Danny and I have been saying tonight, uh, do you have any thing about how you'd like to see him? I mean, so you, you've only seen him as Justice League, so is that basically how you'll see him forever and for always, do you think? I think it's one of those big fish in a little pond or little fish in a big pond. Mm. Like, with Titans, he could probably express himself more, maybe. But then in Justice League, he could do more. Mm-hmm. That's exactly my point, yeah. I agree with yeah. you 100%. Um, but then, as you say, it would be really, really exciting to see him lead his own team, do his own thing. Mm-hmm. Or I've created the opening now in what I said earlier. He is a very clever person. His Elseworlds. Maybe he could maybe he could be a Robin in an Elseworld. He was mm-hmm. never he never got the cybernetics. He's just a very, very clever boy. I like that. I can see that. Victor Stone Robin. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. Nice. Athletic, one, clever. That's what I'm I mean. I, I, I agree with totally with what you're saying. Like he can very much express himself as a titan but you can't forget that he's probably you don't see it blatantly but he has a very vital role within the Justice League because he can do all that stuff where he can hack stuff I mean don't get me wrong mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne can do all that stuff because he's you know he flashes cash and he can get all the technology to do what he needs to do but you know Victor Stone he don't need no money he can do it on his own, do it off his own back so yeah, I think he, he he's a he's a vital part. So yeah, don't count him out. Don't That's sleep on sidewalk. Right. Oh yeah, factual, actual. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, what have we got here? Ah, Mister Tony Farina, my boy. Hey. And Tony asks, on which team do you think Victor is the best fit? I vote. Titans. Again, another different side to the question. <laughs> ah, you horrible, horrible individuals. I love you and hate you all. Best oh, fit. As I said, it all depends on his age and, and where he was at the time. When he was in the Titans, he was a perfect fit. As the Justice League, he's the perfect fit now. In Doom Patrol, it's the in-between years. So, ah, I'm going to go with my heart. For me, he was a Titan first and forever. He'd always be a Titan. I mean, that's part of the saying. They they say that whenever they meet up, um, once a Titan, always a Titan. So I'll go with that as well. And that's the longest. I mean, let's let's think about this. He was a Teen Titan in real time, in, in, in Earth Comics Reader time from 1980 till 2010-ish, which is like 2000, about 30-odd years. So he's only been like a part of the Justice League for the last 10, 12 mm-hmm. Titans. Final answer. I'm not even going to take another <laughs> lifeline. I'm not phoning a friend or going 50 50. Titans for me. I would have originally said uh, Justice Yeah, exactly. I think originally I would have said Justice League, but then getting a fresh opinion from Paul de Black, and when you said, you know, if he was in Titans, he'll be able to express himself a bit more. 
Yeah. It's like a, it's like a broken Matt Hardy being in WWE, being restricted, and then he goes to AEW, and he's able to let, it get, let his creative mind wander. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think uh, I think yeah, Titans. I wouldn't take any of Damien's crap. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oh dear. Oh yeah, because he, he's he's worked with the original. He's worked with Mr. Grayson. So um who is the only person who's managed to keep Damien in check? Not even Bruce has managed that. But um well we'll see. A couple more issues to go. I, I want to see where that ends up. Mm. That's gonna be an interesting one. Keep an eye on that peeps. Um so those were his teams and you sort of mentioned it earlier. What about all his other buddies? All his cyborg friends? Um, ah. You mentioned it earlier. About, I did. Um, different variations and teased us. Well, Scarlett Taylor, um, who to all intents and purposes is basically female cyborg, but goes by the name of Variant, initially turned up in the comics. Um, it seemed just to annoy Victor and to tease him and to tell him off and get him into trouble. But she's turned out to be a pretty decent hero in her own right, appearing in about a half of his run um, since he got his, his solo series. But obviously, as that ended, um, again, that's one of the sad things about comics. You get to meet these really cool characters uh, who are brand new, who do brand new things. And then because the title ends, they vanish and they may turn up as a guest star in a comic down the line, but someone I'd like to see is Scarlett Taylor again because she was fascinating. She was, if anything, as far as I could tell, all that remained of her human side was her head. Her entire body was cybernetic. But of course, being a comics character, she's drawn as a very alluringly gorgeous female robot. Of course. But um, she was a, a true blue hero. I mean, unlike the other aspects, like poor old Ronnie, who was Vic's best friend and he was corrupted and jealous because he was the street kid who didn't want to do right. Um, has basically been a thorn in Victor's side from, from day one. So yeah. Um, having all those characters as other sides, other aspects of cyborg add to his history, add to his relatability, seeing a female version of him, seeing what could have been, if he'd gone off the rails with Ronnie Evers, seeing a female evil version of him uh, with Latonya. So it, it's fascinating. I mean, they're the main ones. I already mentioned them all. So I think Latonya would be someone I'd like to see again as well because, I mean, she's literally just done a cyborg girl. I mean, the, the name there is about as original as um, Kid Miracle Man and Young Miracle Man. <laughs> but... Um, she is the niece of one of Cyborg's former girlfriends and literally wants the complete opposite of, of, of what Cyborg does. So we get the two brilliantly opposing forces of Variant, who's definitely a hero, and Cyborg Girl, who's definitely a villain. And you'd think that with a name like Cyborg Girl, it'd be the other way around, that she'd be the good guy, like... Supergirl, Batgirl, and Wonder Girl, and all the others, but she's actually the villain, and Variant um, is a good guy. And the way they're both introduced, you almost feel the opposite. So 
so many different ways we could see them. But with Cyborg now, basically a villain in a, a Justice League comic, and with no real sight of, of a new series starring him on the horizon, a lot of these characters, sadly, um, have vanished the same way poor old Captain Marvel Shazam did when Fawcett went under until DC bought him in the 70s, the same way Captain Britain vanished for many years. Um, these characters, who were all fascinating, will we ever see him again? And I think we need to. I think we need to. Yeah, it's a shame to see them vanish off the face of the earth. Yeah. And they've got potential. All of them are really cool. I, mean, I was trying to dig up some pictures for you later so you can see them. Um, mm. Actually, if you will, I'll look up the next question. I know our viewers can't um, see these, but I'll share them with my brothers at the end of the show. So where are we heading next? My so, Justice yeah. League of South London. Saf. <laughs> you talked about all the wonderful characters and you actually alluded to this question. You, you spied mm. it earlier on from Faye again. Uh, Who the heck is Sarah Sims? Oh, Sarah. And I honestly, I could be, I said, I said, I knew the name and failed back me up on this. Um, I said, I know Sarah Sims. Why do I know Sarah Sims? Why, why isn't she coming to my mind? And suddenly when I pulled out my comics and I came across the cover of issue 35, I thought, Sarah. So then I went back and pulled out the origin story from Cyborg number one from the Teen Titans spotlight and, Actually, I've mentioned it. Um, the bit where Cyborg's in the park with the kids and the kids with the prosthetics, the kids who, who've been um, amputeed, she's their teacher. Sarah Sims is the lady who looks after this, this group of children and meeting them in the park that day, he'd literally just broken up with his long-term girlfriend who didn't want to stand the sight of him since he changed. And that was something that, that, that DC did brilliantly and it was like their almost tribute to the classic marvel stories from the 60s with the fantastic four with ben grimm suffered a similar thing where he was a hero he was a pilot and a war veteran and then the cosmic race turned him into the thing and you've probably seen that in the fantastic four movies where his his, his girlfriend jilted him and he basically um, had to move on and, and, and accept himself, and that's when he found love again. I and Cyborg. Hmm? I haven't seen those movies. I apologise, everyone. <laughs> Don't worry about I, it. I'm Dan's admitting to it now. Movie, no, Dan's already seen the movie. I'm sure he has. I'm sure you've seen the two Fantasy Four. Well, actually, there are three, but many people don't want to talk about the third one. <laughs> you've probably seen the two main Fantasy Four movies. So, yeah, uh, Cyborg Sarah Sims is a school teacher who ends up being literally Cyborg's best friend. Um, there was definitely chemistry there. They did love each other, but they never really became a couple. Um, he saved her on a couple of occasions from a jealous ex-boyfriend who kidnapped her in the aforementioned Teen Titans 35. And um, as far as I'm aware, she's still a part of Cyborg's story. Now she did appear even after the reboot. Um, whether they changed her history too much, I can't recall. But for me, she'll always be Cyborg's best friend, someone who accepted him no matter what he looked like and loved him, whether on a romantic level or on a platonic level, she was a true 
friend who was always there for Victor. And again, it's a wonderful thing to see because in this world, we all know it. We've had people who we've loved and thought were our friends who have either fallen by the wayside, disappeared, moved away, vanished, or worse still, done the dirty on us and proven they weren't friends at all. And this one young lady um, saw through the prosthetics and the ugliness and the surgery to the heart of the hero beneath and what an inspiration he was to those children, what an inspiration he was to the world as a hero, as a teen titan, as a man, as a human being. So Sarah Sims, um, oh, Faye, I love you so much. for Again, these, these, these guys who started off as students and as friends of friends who become like family um i adore fate to pieces and i don't care if i embarrass her when she hears this um <laughs> only someone who i've corrupted completely <laughs> can ask me questions like that i mean the fact that i'd almost forgotten sarah sims and thanks to faye i remember her and i'm going to read all those old stories again because these comics are not going back in the loft now till i've read Every single one of them. Research, I call it fun. Thanks, Faye. Well, that's who Sarah Sims is. Yes. Brilliant. Awesome. So, um, Paul did warn at the beginning that we're going to go here, there, everywhere, up, down, left, right. Uh oh. But, um, so earlier you were saying, like, uh, most of the DC characters, Victor Stone included, um, their stories were changed. So was there a reason why Cyborg's story was changed? I can't speak for the creative minds at DC Comics, but as far as I can make out, it was done for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, the New 52 initiative was a way to get readers on board with brand new number ones for every book i mean batman got a new number one detective comics got a new number one justice league titans red hood virtually every dc character started again at number one with a brand new history a brand new story and they wanted that to be a starting on point so readers did not have to go trolling back through 60 70 plus years of comics they could have their own unique versions of these characters that they could call their own and they thought well with the justice league we've seen virtually every iteration already we need a new character in there someone who's representative of uh race generation age someone who could be an inspiration like i said he's an inspiration to the kids who were amputees someone who could be an inspiration to soldiers veterans who better than victor stone as far as I can tell, Victor was made a Justice League member because he just ticked all the right boxes in terms of every kind of, of inspiration. He was brilliant in terms of his race, his heroic ideal, his intelligence, his power levels. He could be like a new insight for people who wanted to read a Justice League, which wasn't just about superman batman wonder woman yeah we still had green out and yeah we still had flash but he was like the new side of it he was a brand new character a brand new dynamic in this team of well-established heroes and because of the technological side of it it added a different layer because obviously superman's always been like 
the inspiration, the iconic one you could never reach. Wonder Woman was the warrior for truth and femininity and power with um, compassion. And Batman was the dark side, the figure of the night. Then you had Green Lantern, who was a space cop who was cool and edgy and he had a whole world of, of possibilities. And The Flash, the fastest man alive, I mean, come on, uh, still the most popular of the Arrowverse TV shows. It's still going, even though now Arrow has ended. So they needed a brand new dynamic. They didn't want to just bring in Hawkman or Hawkgirl. They've already seen that in the animated series. As far as I could tell, they brought in Cyborg because they thought, well, this is great for the characters who saw him as a Teen Titan, let him have his time in the sun as a member of the Justice League. And let's have... I mean, some people knock this and say, oh, it's just a diversity card. But I'm sorry, having a diversity card is important because... Comics aren't just read by sad old guys who live with their mums in their basements anymore. Comics are read by everybody. Yeah. Every gender, every race. I mean, I know almost as many female comic book fans as I know comic book fans these days. If you'd asked me that when I was 10, 12 years old, I said, female comic book fans, what are you smoking? <laughs> but now they're a real thing. And I can't say that was definitely the reason, but looking at it now and seeing the character as part of the Justice League, it was just a perfect fit. And it made sense. Whether I completely agree with it or not, that's just me looking through rose-tinted glasses as a Teen Titans fan. Um, the fact is, he was born into the Justice League. He's still in the Justice League. Something must have been right. And I read those comics. And he was one of the few characters in that New 52 era that I actually liked. I hated what they did with Superman. Totally despised it. thought it was an awful reboot. Um, Wonder Woman wasn't a lot better but again when I said it at the top of the show they change virtually every character's origin and history but Batman remained largely untouched I mean there's not a lot you can do his parents were killed in an alleyway when he was a kid and he decided to fight crime as a way of stopping that from happening to other people and gaining vengeance but all the other characters they changed and twisted and warped and Vix was the only one that actually Stayed true because it was still an alien incursion. His body was still destroyed, but he was made cooler and more powerful. So his was one of the few tweaks and adjustments of the New 52 I actually liked. The rest of it, I really didn't like at all. The fact that it only lasted a few years before the rebirth and old continuity was partially restored and merged with the New 52 stories that um, it seems like most people agreed. It did gain a lot of new fans, but DC realised that it alienated a lot more people who'd been loyal and comics readers for many, many years beforehand. So Rebirth got that right. They, again, launched with new number ones, but they reinstated a lot of the old history. And that was the perfect um, compromise, because since then, from 2016 onwards, DC Rebirth, I actually think that DC have completely overtaken the comics market. Marvel I've got some great titles, but the rest are, I've said it before, mostly average. DC on the whole, everything they produce is bloody brilliant. Really, really good stuff. So, yeah, that's that's what I think. Um, whether I'm 100% accurate or not, I can't speak for the creative minds of DC, but that seems to be the reason, and it worked. Um, so our next question was from John Hammond. Yeah, who was just fresh from Jurassic Park mm -hmm. on his helicopter back. He quickly tweeted us. 
He says, which interpretation of Cyborg would you call a defining version, not counting the comic books? And he suggests here we've got TV, movie. Not counting the comic books. (laughs) He says, TV, movie, animation, Lego, Robocop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, John, you legend. Not counting the comics. So that's completely the opposite to the other one. Oh, man. Yeah. While I love Doom Patrol, it is only two seasons in. And the Teen Titans animated series, I said, ran for like three or four years, possibly even longer, actually. It might have been four or five years. And because that was so fresh so different so innovative but yet so steeped and based on the comic books if i had to pick a favorite iteration of cyborg that wasn't from the comics yeah doom patrol still too new i'm gonna go with two times the animated series because he was perfect in that he was a cyborg i grew up with polished up and shined up for a brand new generation to the point where my son you know adam he loves that show too so, John, you genius. What a great question. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to go with it. it, it it's because it's in much the same way as Batman the Animated Series. It's a perfect way of people to know all of Batman without having to buy thousands upon thousands of comics over 80 years. Just pick up the Batman the Animated Series box set. Pick up Teen Titans the Animated Series. Not Teen Titans Go. Teen Titans the Animated <laughs> Series. And you will get... A perfectly encapsulated, valid, really brilliantly reimagined vision of the Teen Titans, including Mr. Victor Stone. So thank you, John. Wow, that was brilliant. Yeah, definitely. For me, anyway. Guys, I mean, what do you think? Just on what we've spoken about tonight. Uh, I mean, I was going to go along with the TV, but my only problem is... It's been years since I've watched the Teen Titans animated series. Um, so it's kind of hard for me to draw off that. But then, I don't know if it was, I think it was during the time of probably like Smallville saw him again, and he was like a blip on my radar. So it piqued my interest. Um, but then I saw the Justice League movie. And because it was true to... Yeah, I kind of like truth to the comics. It's dark, it's gritty, um, it's a bit more dramatic. He was actually probably the best so, thing of that movie for me. Yeah, so he, he, he kind of drew me in, and I was, I was like, wow. <laughs> so uh, uh, for me, the I'd call the probably yeah, I'd probably call the movie the defining hmm. defining version of Cyborg because he was that like, dark, gritty, and he he learned. It, a hell of a lot more than you did in Smallville. I know for a fact your opinion will change once you watch Doom Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really, really wants me to watch Doom Patrol. <laughs> I want the world to watch Doom Patrol. I want every wrong. mofo alive to watch Doom Patrol. Wow. It's that brilliant and stupid. It's brilliant. <laughs> It's wonderful. I'll be interested to um, be interested to see what happens after the um, hashtag Schneider Cup. 
because according to our our friends over at What's the Topic, which you can also hear on this wonderful network, um, I was listening to their show and they're saying that Cyborg is going to be a pretty major part of the new cut. Well, you guys obviously know that about the DC fandom, the online Comic-Con that happened last weekend. A huge part of that was talking about the Snyder Cut. And like I said, Cyborg Queen was the best part of the Justice League movie. And that was in the bastardised, destroyed, chopped to pieces hack job that was the theatrical version of Justice League. Mm. Um, in the full-length version that we're going to get, Snyder's already said that the central character is Cyborg because of what's happened to him, because of his growth. And he seems to have embraced, like I said, every aspect of the character from Titans onwards to Justice League. So, yeah, what I hear and what Zack Snyder himself has said in, in the panel for um, the Snyder Cut is that Cyborg is going to be a huge, huge part of the four-hour um, TV version. So... Listen, if he stole the show in the movie, yeah. I think he's going to be massive in the in the Snyder Cut. So, yeah, spot on, guys. I agree with you 100%. I cannot wait for that. But um, just about every nerd fanboy who's a Snyder fan is in the same boat. So, yeah. yes. It's going to be a long wait. Oh. Well, listen, we're three quarters of the way through 2020. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to go by in a blink of an eye. That's true. Watch. This What's happening to this year, boys? Yeah. <laughs> it may be a long wait, but it'll be worth the wait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been doing this show for nearly four or five months now, so. Yeah. Crazy. There you go. There you go. Jack yeah. from Monday. My time uh, machine right. works. <laughs> <laughs> You've caught us all up inside of it. Oh no. Yes. Oh no. Uh, Mr. Tony Farini, you're back again. He's back! Badlier than ever. And Mr. Farina uh, is asking Do you think there is a better role model for kids in the DCU? Uh, DCU then Victor Stone. Again, what a guy. What a Tony, <laughs> you, are the, you are the man. Um, I've said it in a roundabout way in virtually every question I've answered today and in talking about Victor, because honestly, no, I don't. Um, whereas Dick Grayson is a great inspiration, um, many would disagree with me, but I think he's been more so since he lost his memory and, and discovered that he's a hero anyway. But Victor Stone, that's the worst kind of tragedy to happen to a teenager. His body was destroyed. But he's made himself a hero, not just because he fights villains and saves the world every other day, but because he has become a beacon of hope to the disabled, to everyone. Um, Tony, mate. You said it, and I've said it even... I didn't even know that question was one of them. But no, I don't. I honestly don't. Not not just in the DC Universe, actually. I will actually go as far as to say that I can't think of many better examples um, of, of icons, of role models, than Victor Stone in any comics universe. 
I truly think that he is arguably the best comics creation of the 80s, um, above Spawn, because he's still half-demon and he was a murderer before he was a hero. Victor Stone, from his childhood, through the tragedy that befell him, um, has stood up, brushed himself off, and kept fighting. He regained his humanity and gave it up and became a cyborg again. So, um, Tony, dude, you think the same way I do? Definitely not. I, I honestly do think that he could be the greatest role model up there with Superman himself as the one who started it all, um, as the one who, without all the others, wouldn't exist. Um, he could be a Superman for the modern age. Um, absolutely. Well said, Tony. I'm with you. I love that. Yeah, I think I'm with that. Um, because, like, I was I was thinking about, like, so you have Batman who has his no-killing rule, mm-hmm. but he's done very questionable things. He's like, is he a role model? Uh, maybe not. Then you have, um, like, Superman, who's stars and stripes, you know, the pinnacle of what a superhero should be. But again... He's done very questionable things, um, including things like Kingdom Come and stuff like that. So it's like, is he a role model? Mm, Maybe, maybe not. But then you've talked about, from what I've heard today about Victor Stone, it's like, well, yeah, I think there couldn't possibly be anybody who could be more of a a role model than good old Victor. Absolutely. That's a real hero, definitely. Oh. Yeah, I'm trying to rack my brains for all the characters I know, but I can't think of anyone who would be a better role model. There you go. And that's after one episode. You came in knowing virtually nothing about him. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed um, we've done our jobs um, with everyone out there who's coming in, in a similar situation. Hmm. Yeah, I'm still going tonight, Paul. Did you see that? <laughs> that he's a good good role model and a great yeah. hero? Yeah, I think so. He's someone to look up to. He's just like the way you describe the the scene with himself and the kids and it's beautiful. Really, really good. He's gone through a lot, but he doesn't sort of take the dark path. He realizes that And he could have. Yeah. Absolutely. So many times, yeah. If you look at all the sort of origin stories of some of the villains that are in comics they're mm-hmm. not that different um, most of the villain stories are more similar to victors than the heroes yeah so the fact that he chose this path that's quite a good role model to have mm-hmm. yeah i can't think of anyone else who would be better other go. than captain britain but then you know he's captain britain so yeah we're biased yeah, he's the he's best ever. Boy. Yeah. Don't mess with Brian Braddock. I'll have you, son. Yeah, no, totally agree. Thank you, Mr. Farina. As always, I salute you, sir. Florida man. So our next question was again from Faye. She's on a roll as well this week. Oh, the student becomes the master. Um, and she asked, and you alluded to this earlier, how did the catchphrase booyah come about? Ah, see, I thought we were going to get through the end of the episode with someone, without someone asking that question. 
Um, it's totally an invention of the Teen Titans animated series. Um, Curry Payton, who plays him brilliantly, and I think I might blow a few minds here. Do you guys watch The Walking Dead? Yeah. Bits yeah. and pieces. Curry Payton, who plays Cyborg, who's the longest-running Cyborg actor. I mean, there's been three or four others through various animated movies and stuff. But Curry Payton is also King Ezekiel from The Walking no Dead. No way! Yeah, baby. No it's that dude. He's cyborg. Um, Booyah is 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 a part military, part street slang term for awesome, great, fantastic, terrific. Geronimo. Uh, <laughs> what's the one the teen title the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles use? Um, Cowabunga. Cowabunga. There you go. <laughs> and um, Kari Payton has made that line legendary. Um, I don't believe it's ever been used in the comics. And if it has, it's well after it was used in the TV show. But it's so damn iconic. And it's so linked to that character that if you've seen the Justice League movie, you can miss it if you're not listening carefully. At the end of it all, when they separate the mother boxes and they defeat Steppenwolf, Victor Stone looks up and says, Booyah. And that could be the favourite second and a half of that entire film. For me. <laughs> because I have to watch it again just to see that bit. Do you remember it? Do you not remember him saying it? No. He does actually say it. No, he, I don't. He, he doesn't go booyah like he does in the cartoons. He just goes booyah, and it's beautiful. Ray Fisher delivers that line like a G. It is <laughs> magic. So Faye again. Oh, you're the best. Um, completely an invention of the cartoon, but it's become so ingrained in the minds and hearts of Cyborg fans that they've probably attributed it to it to the comics. He may have mentioned it in the comics since, but Kari Payton, he's the man. That's his baby. And I will thank him Long for it. Long live the king. Long live the king. Poor old Shiva. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paul. We'll stop talking Walking Dead now. That's that's (laughs) another thing we can brainwash you with later. Yeah, I've seen. I think I've seen the first two seasons, Uh and then that was about it. Awesome. Uh, It it had a bit of a funny period, but um, seasons uh, nine and ten. Wow, it's it's come back to greatness. It really has. I'm hooked on that show. I'll never stop watching it. I'll I'll stop watching it when they're all dead. When I stopped watching it, I even love Fear I the Walking Dead. I will admit the last, uh, the last season I saw was, I think, season eight, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, it's still good, but not great. But seasons nine and ten, boom, baby. I have to get back on it. Really good. Really just good. the wife to watch it as well. Cause mm-hmm. I was watching, I watched it all with her, like, through from season one all the way through to season eight. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of got bored of it, and we kind of moved on to different stuff. So I'm going to try it and my hardest to sway her back in. If not, watch it yourself. Mm. It could be your, like, Man Cave series. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. So Kari Payton. King of the kingdom. King of the cyborgs. With dodgy-ass English accent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was that dodgy. I've heard a lot worse. 
Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true. This is true. Um, okay. So next question is from the Retro Project. Steve-O. The responsible one. It's all his fault. And they ask, favourite removable hand attachment? I take it all back, Steve. You are a complete... <laughs> oh, my God. Did he really ask that? Uh, I think I saw this on Twitter and I said to him, the egg whisk attachment from the Teen Titans Go. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, again, in the comics, the only real attachment he has is the um, Sonic Cannon. So... The rest of it's just like um, cables and stuff that come out of him, and uh, like alternate alien, otherworldly USB ports where he can connect to other computers and stuff. The only thing you actually really see him take off and remove, and nowadays he doesn't even do that. He just he just morphs into it as his um, sonic cannon. So um, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to go to T-Titans Go and make it the Equus Gun. <laughs> because literally, um, you name the gadget, he can grow it or attach it. So, um, oh, Steve, I thought you were going to ask me a serious question. Steve Conroy, again, he's the man who's responsible for me being on podcasts. He did it first. Evil so-and-so. <laughs> but he's also one of these guys who is a fountain of knowledge. Mind Illusion Batman? He's that guy for Superman. If you want to speak, if, if actually we can announce it at the end of this episode, what we're going to do for our anniversary, our tenth episode, we can anniv- announce it at the end of this show. But um, I think if I had to get a Superman expert on the show, Steve, if you're listening, um, try and make yourself ready, boy, because your knowledge does outstrip mine with the Man of Steel. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Um, so you may be our uh, expert on that panel for that episode so you heard it here first Mm -hmm. stephen conroy star of the retro project and the man who got me into podcasting oh so many sins to atone for mr conroy (laughs) so many sins to atone for um yeah give me his question want to hear it thank you always anytime steve keep sending them in love you (laughs) so we are now on to phase last question and I think this is the peak. Is it going to be another silly one or is it going to be a serious one? This is the best one. Wow. This is the most amazing one. She asks, do you think he uses car wax to clean his chrome dome? <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. She can go from the deepest to the deepest. Bring out characters I'd forgotten, and she ends with this. Right, well, you wait till I see her at work tomorrow. Oh my god. Um, hey, <laughs> absolute legend. You go from these sophisticated, oh very well thought out questions, and then you want oh. to know about if he uses car wax to clean his chrome dome. Well done, Rava. I think it's the best wow. question. Best question so um, far. <laughs> I'm gonna to have to think outside the box with this one again, aren't I? I'm gonna to have to go down the route of the uh, four sidekicks again, aren't I? Uh, okay. Car <laughs> <laughs> works. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, nope. It's self-cleaning alien technology 
he doesn't need any of that Wilco shit. <laughs> so that's the, it's a stupid ass question. I love it. So I'm going to give it a stupid ass answer. No, he's self polishing. He he might use a bit of something on his ball patch because depending which comic you're reading, he's either got hair or he doesn't. But um, <laughs> he doesn't wax on his chrome dome. Oh, God, I've heard it all now. I thought, I thought the Winnie question would have been the, the, the low point. <laughs> you sold that really well, Gwyden. You sold that really well. Oh, this is the best question. Well done, sir. Bravo. <laughs> wow. Yeah, got me again. <laughs> oh, dear. Or they actually succeeded and she got you. Yeah, both of them. <laughs> that's why I love them so much. Fantastic. God, this show's fun. So much fun. Much God, fun. I love it. <laughs> All right, so this is the final question. Uh-oh. And it's from Amanda McWigan. Oh. Had to end on the lady who started this whole show off. She's the first person to vote for him. Perfect. This is very apt. And Amanda, we thank you. So, so much. So, so much. So, Amanda asks, is there likely to be a cyborg standalone? Now, a lot of people say, why are people so het up and so ravenous and rabid about the Snyder Cut of the Justice League? Well, it's because his original plan was for five movies, which started off with Man of Steel, went into Batman vs Superman. It would have been two Justice League movies, which would have then have led to not just Aquaman and Wonder Woman, which we got, but a Flash movie and a Cyborg movie. That was the original intent. But it's well documented. Zack Snyder had to leave Justice League because of the tragic loss of his daughter he was replaced and Joss Sweden came in and finished the film. And even though it says that Zack Snyder directed Justice League, you can tell because every other scene looked different to the one before. Um, the terrible moustache nonsense. Uh, Steppenwolf, who was about as scary as uh, Rash and all the other nonsense that came out of it, that that movie was not a Zack Snyder movie. It was a film made by committee destroyed by the studios and i don't blame whedon because he just got given a a turkey and he had to just stuff it and baste it the best he could but um the fact that only now with the confirmation of the snyder cut and with andy machete um director of the wonderful it movies directing the flash movie which is going to establish the dc multiverse so that every movie we ever watched be it christopher reeve or brandon ralph or michael keaton or val kilmer or christian bale all those stories are real but they are in the parallel earths of a movie verse um makes my life happy so we can have this new Matt Reeves Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. We can have Ben Affleck as Batman. You can have Michael Keaton. And they all are Batman. They all are real. So I honestly believe if 
Victor Stone's role, brilliantly, brilliantly portrayed by Ray Fisher in the Snyder Cut, is as game-changing as, as, as I suspect it's going to be, we may still get that Cyborg movie. And I want it to be Ray Fisher. Because like I said, I don't hate the Justice League movie we got, but it just could have been so much more. Um, but he was one of the highlights. I absolutely loved him in it. He deserves his time in the sun. Just like the comic book Cyborg deserves his own title, his own team, Ray Fisher deserves his own Cyborg movie. And if the Snyder Cut isn't the success we all want it to be, we've got a fantastic Cyborg in Joy Van Wade. And um, again, he's doing a great job on the Doom Patrol show. He can more than carry his own movie. He's a star. He's a terrific actor. He's a brilliant young talent. Um, if we don't get the movie, I honestly do believe he could carry a cyborg TV show. And I would watch both of those all day long with those two great actors. So, Amanda, love you. Great question. It was going to happen. Sadly, um, because Justice League did not do very well, that fell to the wayside. But we're, hey, we're finally going to get the Rock's Black Adam movie um, 11 years after it was announced. So where there's life, there's hope. And Cyborg is proof of that. He lived and he became a hero against all odds. So I believe his movie or his TV show will follow suit. And there you go. I really hope uh, Cyborg gets his own standalone movie. Like, I really do. And, and I think the Snyder Cut is his platform oh, yeah. to do it. That's um, you know what I mean? Like, mm. uh, I think I said it earlier, he's one of, the, one, of the, one of the few characters in DC who just does not get enough recognition. Totally. He's totally. totally underrated, underused, but since, like, Doom Patrol and uh, Justice League, especially with the Snyder Cut. Now he's getting the recognition that he deserves. Here, here. And hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, they do what's right and they give him his own, his own movie. Even if they did, even if the movie didn't pan out, like even I know there's there's, there's Doom Patrol, but maybe like a standalone TV series. Oh, you've got the perfect guy. Already doing it in Doom Patrol. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, Joe. He's a, he's no he's he's a he's a great actor. Um, but I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's um I think it I don't know if it, I think it might have been just on YouTube or something. But there's a thing called a um, Mandem on the Wall. And if you watch that, you would think, "Hey, this guy, Cyborg," because it was it's a very it was a very slapstick comedy. And you think, "No, he he couldn't be a serious actor," but. You know, obviously proved His wrong. two appearances on Doctor Who blew me away, and then when I saw him as Cyborg, I thought, "Yeah, this this guy's legit. He's he's amazing." So yeah, either way, Ray Fisher on the big screen, Joyvan Wade on the small screen, sign me up. I'm there. Yeah. Definitely, brilliant character. Him and Zatanna are the two most underrated DC characters. They should have their own comics, their own TV shows, their own movies, their own lunchboxes. Sandwiches, burgers, <laughs> soft toys, 
you name it. Advertisement. And I said soft toys, people. Soft toys. But Zatanna is another good one that I'd love to discuss as well. Or I could talk about Zatanna all day long. Yeah. And there was another one I think I was talking to, I think, Matt Lloyd about um, Dr. Fate. Oh. Justice League Dark, baby. We've talked about Justice League Odyssey. The Space Justice League. We need to talk about the Magic Justice League. Justice League Dark. My favourite ongoing comic of the day. Oh. Up there with the Batman titles. That's That series is awesome. So get voting, yeah. people. Mm-hmm. And if we do a Zatanna episode, we'll have to get um, Kendra on. Kendra Hale. One of, uh, again... Um, I'm enthusiastic about Batman. Faye's enthusiastic about Red Hood and Barbara Gordon. If you want to see someone go nuts, talk to Kendra Hale about Harley Quinn. <laughs> or Zatanna. Uh, if we do a Zatanna episode, we need the lady, lady Kendra on the show. Yeah, I would love to see a cyborg standalone movie. Yes. Like, only concern is they're gonna put it on the basis of how well the Snyder Cut does. Yeah, yeah. Which agreed. means it's all gonna be based on that. If it goes well, we're looking at another what five, six years. Yeah. Poor old, poor old Ray Fisher. He hasn't exactly kept everyone in that that production company happy. There's been a few. Well, uh, again, standing up for himself is a good thing yeah and if what he says is true and the fact that nobody's denying it or arguing with it, it yes with him so sorry guys um as far as i can see i'm with ray yeah and so zack snyder yeah but i think that speaks for itself Rick, doesn't it? <laughs> we shall keep our fingers crossed yes um, but that is the last of our questions Mm, that was Sad. fun. Thank you. And Thank thanks to everyone who sent them in. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, everyone, Brilliant. as always. And we were worried there weren't going to be enough. Yeah, you had us worried there for a minute, everyone. But <laughs> you came through. Um, was there anything that either of you wanted to cover that we missed or that we didn't spend enough time on? Oh, I'm very happy. They yeah. made me put my thinking cap on. Definitely got that. I stuffed. Stuffed full of information. Mm-hmm. Cool. We have done yeah. well. Steve, you teased the folks earlier. Would you like to do a little announcement on our 10th episode? Yes, indeed. Obviously, we pride ourselves on listening to our listeners. That's a very funny thing to say but um obviously this is the show by fans for fans we've always prided ourselves that you guys tell us who you want us to talk about you guys send in the questions that you want answered but um looking back we've mentioned three really really big names in batman the robins and spidey but um a lot of the other big names haven't really come up and is that because um people think they already know them um, because some of these characters have been around for like 80 years, which is 
twice, three times as long as many of us have been alive. So for our 10th episode, we were going to do something similar to what we did with our first. Obviously, with our first episode, we had to launch cold. We didn't have uh, viewer votes, listener votes to go for. So we just went with Batman. So for episode 10, we were toying with the idea of putting three massive names out there and the listeners choosing who the big name we go for is and the most popular ones that came up were superman wonder woman and was it wolverine i think so so those those were the three um but um in speaking to people and speaking to my writers you guys speaking to your friends they said, well, no, you've done Batman, you've done the Robins, you've done Spidey, you need to do Superman, and if anything with Marvel, you have to do Captain America. So we're going to put the two icons of red, white, and blue, the two heroes <laughs> of truth, justice, and American mm. away, side by side. So listeners, for episode 10, we've got episode 9 still to come. That's probably going to be Hulk, the way things are currently looking. Um, but for episode 10, our anniversary episode, you guys choose the Man of Steel, the Soldier, the first Avenger, Superman or Captain America. Get voting. Send us your questions. That's episode 10. And for episode 11 onwards, we'll see whoever comes second out of Hulk or his nearest competitor. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do, people. The power is in your hands. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So be sure to keep looking out on the social medias. Do get your votes in for episode nine, whoever you want us to talk about. But also do have a think. Get Start getting your votes in. Superman versus Captain America. Who would you like us to talk about? Um, obviously, as always, if you vote for someone who doesn't win, your votes will still count. They will count in the future. They all the votes count forward. We will get to them all eventually. Eventually, we have quite a couple. We want of... the show to run for as long as you guys want to listen to it. Absolutely. So your favourite will will appear eventually. Absolutely. Even Squirrel Girl or Danny the Street. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so look out for us on the social media. Collectively, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter just by searching for Superheroes for Dummies. We do come up top if you do that search on all three. Um, individually, Dan, where can people find you? So the good people can find me on the Twitterverse. Uh, my handle is at uh, dark underscore Ronin84. So that's dark underscore R-O-N-I-N. 84 Ronin underscore Ronin 84 Beautifully done And Steve Where can people find you And did you have the reading list for us today The very confused reading list This is going to be an odd one yes Because sadly um, A lot of this stuff is is quite hard to get hold of But um, Anyone who's seen my recent um, Basically ads For Zavi We'll find a couple of the original Teen Titans books there. 
But if you can pick up the original Teen Titans run by Marv Wolfman and George Perez, that's where you'll see the original iteration of Cyborg, a.k.a. Victor Stone. If you want to read the current incarnation, pick up any of the Justice League collections from the New 52 onwards. And Justice League's literally volumes 1, 2, 3, 4 from the New 52 one, or from the Rebirth one again. Um, it will say DC Rebirth volumes 1, 2, 3 onwards and you will see some modern Justice League versions. If you want Cyborg, you want the New 52 versions. If you want Cyborg in the Rebirth continuity, the current ongoing DC continuity, you want to pick up the collections for Justice League Odyssey. That's the title he is in. And also one book which I can tell you is available and easy to get hold of is a book called Justice League No Justice, which follows on for the events of the first Dark Knight's Metal and sees the formation of the three Justice League teams, the main Justice League, Justice League Odyssey and Justice League Dark. So that's where you'll see how Cyborg goes off to the space team that gets known as Justice League Odyssey. Of course, also pick up the cyborg standalone graphic novels which collect his own series both from the new 52 and from rebirth just by looking up cyborg in your local comic shop on amazon or waterstones you can order all of those there's five or six volumes from both iterations and that's where you'll meet characters like variant um the dark version of ronnie evers and of course um not just reading materials i've touted it and i've told these guys to read to watch it Doom Patrol. Watch Doom Patrol. If it's the last thing you ever watch, watch Doom Patrol. If you never watch another TV show again, watch Doom Patrol. Oh, and uh, yeah, watch Doom Patrol. As for me... <laughs> Doom Patrol! <laughs> Doom Patrol. You will hear my voice on this show uh, most weeks uh, with my two buddies, Dan and Paul. You'll also hear my voice on the weekly news, DC Comics news podcast as part of our uh, friends uh, podcast network, DC Comics News, and on the show I do with my son and every now and then another guest announcer for I Am The Night, the show where we break down the legendary Batman the Animated Series every week. I'm an occasional guest on Tony's show, on Max's show, and on the Harley Quinn cast too. As for my writing, just search Steve J. Ray in Google, Bing, or wherever else you fancy typing it. And that'll give you links to my writing across Dark Knight News, DC Comics News, uh, Comic Book Roundup, and all the others. Or Fantastic Universes, where we don't just talk comics or DC. We talk Marvel, and wrestling, and music, and rock and roll, and horror, and all manner of other cool shiz too. Shut up, Steve. Paul. Where can we find you and your gorgeous new website, which you've created, and where can we talk to you on Twitter? Oh, that's very kind of you. So on Twitter, you can find me at Paul Damac, P-A-U-L-D-A-M-A-C. And I scrambled together a website, which Steve has very kindly called lovely. That's very nice of you. Thank you. It is lovely. I love it. Um, That is superdummy.co.uk. So there's uh, recaps of some of the characters we've talked about. Depending on the character, it may be either very origin-based or very legal-based. If you've listened to our recent episodes, you'll understand why. Litigation, uh, man. Yes. <laughs> but there are also uh, links to all the individual episodes if you happen to have missed them there as well. Um, be sure to make to give a listen to all the other shows on the network. We've plugged a few of them. They are all amazing. 
Um, mandatory Marvel and DC has just returned after a short hiatus, so give him a listen. Yes, so you did uh, Tony Farina, and was it 1602? I've just started listening to it, so I shall be heading back to that on my journey to work tomorrow. So make sure you do the same, everyone. So thank you very much for listening. We are Superheroes for Dummies. We are produced by Stephen Adam Ray, edit and mixed by Adam Ray, music from Professor Elemental, and we are a proud member of Comics in Motion. And... You may come into this series thinking yourself a dummy, but by the time you've heard us, you'll leave a hero. And if you come in a hero already, it will supercharge your powers. Every hero needs theme music, and this is mine. Find a beat that shines, renewed spirit and mind. Spitfire when I swig in with some friends of mine. Rewire till I arrive at the end of time. This is music to play in black holes, alternative futures. Retune to play on your onboard computer. A song to play in Batmobiles, or Plastic Man's iPod. Zatanna backwards magic words, or Marvel Man, my god! Fire up the turbines, the game's afoot. Underwear over tights is now a good look. If there's been monkey business, I head off on a mission. I'm ready for anything in a head-on collision. So listen all vagabonds, scoundrels and villains. Beware because it's on, this is just the beginning. No cake, just a time belt with vivid shine. Every hero needs theme music and this is mine. This is your tune now, your theme music. Stand strong in the storm or easily breeze through it. I'm passing a mantle, bestowing a gift. It might take you some training before you know what it is. It's the bite of a spider that's radioactive. It's mutant synapses becoming finally active. When no one else could ever really walk in your shoes. Walking into exams or out of job interviews. To deal with every evil ex or several devilish kids. To enter the ring already a legend, ready to win whenever it is. Every ride to work on a Monday in a hurricane. Tired and you're underpaid, find you want to run away. Hey, face front, true believer. If you don't believe in you, then they won't either. This is the teaser trailer for your blockbuster event. And you're at the center. This is so intense.